Hi, and thanks for downloading this episode of Queer I Am, the podcast. I really hope you enjoy it. This podcast started as a small idea and has turned into a real passion project for me and is something that I wish to continue to make way into the future, but I need your help in doing so. So there is a cost in making Queer I Am, the podcast, and it's something that I funded and will continue to do so for the foreseeable future. But if you'd like to get involved and support the podcast by subscribing to Acast Plus, that would be incredible. And if this is something you can't do, no worries at all. I really hope you keep enjoying the episodes and I intend to keep making them for as long as possible. Season three is coming up and you are in for an absolute treat. I am so, so excited. If you'd like to support the podcast, details of how you can do this are in the blurb of the episode you were listening to. And what this also means is you get to listen to all of the episodes of Queer I Am The Podcast, past and future, completely ad-free. So no interruptions whatsoever. What could be better? Anyway, enough of the serious blurb. Let's crack on with the show. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Today I am speaking to two queens who are taking the local circuit by storm. They both are unique individuals in their performance and style, but it's undeniable that they are two queens to watch. And if you haven't seen them before, you really must. You will have an awesome night out. Please welcome to the show, Shallow Vera and Mary O'Cart. So whatever you're up to, this is your time to settle down, relax and enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Queer I Am. Thank you so much for um, coming onto the podcast, Where I Am Season 2. It's very lovely to have you both here. So um, we always start the show with um, just a bit of a general chit-chat and ask how you both are. So, um, And I've never recorded with two people before, so I'm kind of like looking at both of you going, oh, which it's one first? Fine. So it could be carnage because there's three of us or because I just completely lose my voice because of my cold, but 
either way, we'll we'll make it happen. So, Harry, let's come to you first. How are you feeling today? I am feeling fabulous, thank you. Good. A little bit tired, but you know, we move, we move, we get on with it. We get on with it. We get on with it. And if you had to pick a song today to reflect your mood, what would that song be? Oh my god. Mm. Um, we will go with. What's the, I don't know the name of the song, but what's the song? Oh, is it Moving On Up? Moving On Up. Oh, and People. Yeah, that. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. We'll go with that. Okay, that's cool. There you go, Cam. Yeah, I love it. Love it. Shallow? Hiya. Hi, you're hi right. love. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> all right, love. <laughs> so I'm going I'm, I'm to keep calling you like Harry, Anthony, Shallow, Mary. It's just going to keep happening. No, so fine. people it's, will get it. It's a nice digression to the names we usually get called. So yes, actually, this is, a much, this is a much nicer <laughs> avenue of travel. <laughs> so how are you feeling and what would your song be? I feel great. I, we won We on pub quiz last we quiz. night. We did. We did. We scored all of them because we've got <laughs> amazing boy band knowledge. Um, yeah. And if I had any song to suit my mood today, it would probably just be Sympathy for the Devil. What's that? I don't know. It just sounds pretty good, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> he's, I don't... he's off. <laughs> <laughs> she never left. <laughs> so um, where did you both grow up and where do you call home now? So we'll start with you, Anthony. Um, I grew up in Andover, which is okay. slightly near Basingstoke, like Southampton. Okay. But you've got these like nice little areas like Winchester and Salisbury, and okay. you've got the armpit of the south, which is Andover, okay. which is where I'm from. Um, yeah, it's 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 home in in uh-huh. some sense. It's where I grew up, and I'll always I'll always love it. But okay. had to get out of there. Okay, <laughs> what was it like growing up as a queer person in your teens in that place? Horrid was it? Yeah, horrid. Like weekly gay bashings like oh, wow. was i well i wonder what but i'd say well i can walk for like two weeks oh so, my goodness that's I, awful you know, it's fine i turned out just fine and now i'm just a, a registered alcoholic which is, <laughs> but um but th- that's just one bad aspect of it i've yeah. had some great times as well but home for me now is brighton i couldn't brighton. i couldn't imagine living anywhere else yeah i know it's when i travel outside of brighton now to go and do a gig anywhere my shoulders are up straight away. I don't uh-huh. feel, I feel safe that. or secure. I can I can go around here and I have done in like a mesh place suit and a jock strap and no one says a word. So <laughs> you know I mean? in Morrison's. Uh, yeah. No, yes. actually, I don't know what Sainsbury's actually. <laughs> um, Upmarket. But yeah, honestly, but it, but it's fantastic. There's no quite like it. So this is definitely home for me. I feel very settled, very happy. You've got a great group of friends yeah. and people around me. So Absolutely. Yeah. What very, about you, Harry? Yeah, I would agree answering that Brighton's considered home for me uh-huh. as of now. I've lived here two years, just over two years, Um, and grew up, I grew up in a little village called Copthorne, which is just outside of Crawley. So I don't say Crawley, because Crawley's a shithole. Um, It's it's quite close to here though, isn't it? Yeah, relatively. Yeah, Yeah. basically near Gatwick. Um, So yeah, grew up there. Okay, cool. And Brighton is now home. I would call Brighton home, 100%. And for both of you, what is it about Brighton that you love so much? Obviously, we know about the queer community, we love it, but what is it that gets under your skin about Brighton and really makes you want to stay here? To be honest, I would probably just echo what we've said about feeling safe about the queer community, about feeling like you can just kind of be yourself wherever you are in Brighton. Like. Yeah. I have felt the same as you when I've done gigs. I did a gig in Skegness. Okay. I did a, a drag gig in Skegness <laughs> and I've never had my arsehole so clenched in my life <laughs> being in drag in Skegness. Like it was wild. Right. Um, so yeah, just the ability to kind of like be free and feel like no one's really judging you yeah. when you're going to Morrison's in a jockstrap. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Because yeah. <laughs> chances are half the people in Morrison's are going to try to say you dream up most because they're, they're <laughs> smackhead. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> 
So I would say that's probably the reason for me. Yeah. Like the whole like liberating feeling of just living in Brighton. Yeah, yeah. And just feeling like you have a community that are backing you, especially performing on the scene and having people that come to your gigs quite Mm. regularly and having Mm. that feeling of people that are there to support you in and out of drag. Yeah, it's a real sense of community. Yeah. Yeah. What about for you? Echoing a lot of what that was, the the people around me is so fantastic and you do just feel I can be completely myself, like 100% me. Mm. And I don't even think about it. I don't even, I don't walk out the door and like, Oh, should should I be wearing that? Or should I be doing that? Or should I be behaving that way? I got, and it doesn't even cross my mind now, which anywhere else it does. And then on top of that is why you've got, for me personally, it's been moving here. I've come to terms with my own like gender conformity and how I feel about myself. And mm-hmm. that's something that wouldn't have happened if I hadn't moved to Brighton yeah. and, and actually been in a community where it's so widely accepted and everyone's just like really quite happy to look yeah. into what maybe their, what their gender fluidity is or what their pronouns are. Yeah. And that was completely new for me because yeah. I was one of the people three years ago, I was like, what a fast. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Cause no, I was get it. from yeah. that narrow minded way of thinking and it's, it's, I agree. I think yeah, in the nicest that. way, everyone here is just like, fuck it. Yeah. No one cares. Mm. In the oh, nicest honestly, way, yeah. no one actually cares. Mm. Yeah. And I think also as well, like that, what you were saying about actually how you were before, that's learned behavior, isn't it? We all have that. Oh, we all 100%. have those biases and oh. that internalized homophobia, whatever it might be when we grow up, because that's what we're taught. But actually, so true. when you come somewhere like this, it does make you think about that kind of stuff more, yeah. I think. Um, and I think the community conversations, like I get so much value just being out talking to people like, I mean, obviously this is a great conversation, but you could be at the pub, the coffee shop, wherever, and you're having a good chat with someone, it will come up about gender or sexuality or something. And you realise that actually this is a conversation that we need to keep having and everyone's quite happy to have it here as well, which is great. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. So um, this year your acts have both really taken off. And obviously... Anthony, we met at dance class back in January. We did. You were shaking your thang. I loved it. We were both just there to like treat ourselves to a bit of like gay life because we hadn't really had it. We're like, oh, no. we sat there like in the um, in the waiting room at fucking fitness first, and we're there, and it's um, oh, nice to meet you. And I was like, we I just wanted to do something really gay and just something that's yeah. and just really for me and just drag wasn't really enough. Fun. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> apparently impregnating myself on a weekly basis just, just wasn't quite hitting the mark anymore. Just I mean, give me two weeks, I'll be going down the bushes and I've been stepping a bear trap just to come. Um, but it's like, but um, it was, it was just, I just wanted this like gay outlet and I never had a chance to do something like that before with a group of like other gay people. And I was like, what's this going to be like? Mm. And and then we met there and it was, it was so much fun. And we were just there, we look at each other like doing this routine and we're just like, oh, this is fucking candy. Best gay life ever. Oh, I was like, we're just there to have the best time. And it was wonderful. Do you know, it really reminds me actually, like when we were sitting in that little, it was like fitness first, wasn't it? The station, yeah. it was a bit like a pop idol audition, you know, when everyone's sitting on the chairs and they're like, oh, so where have you come from today? And, oh, you know, yeah. It's very, everyone's really quiet. On. Yeah, with the number. <laughs> and, and then we all kind of got talking and then you obviously, you know, shook your stuff and you were amazing. I was trying to get the routines going and I was like, why can't I do this? And he was like, five, six, seven, eight. I'm like, <laughs> going for it. It was, it was so good. It was so, so good. Um, and then obviously it. you start to drag. Um, I mean, your residency then started at the Queen's and obviously we came to, to watch and yeah. uh, and that kind of stuff. And then I've seen you quite recently, yes. Harry, um, and your amazing 
flying oh, off the yeah. stage, landing into the splits, mm-hmm. just mm. getting splinters Jeez. all over my vagina. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. We were all just like, "Oh my fucking god!" Like, <laughs> seriously, did you just break something? That was just intense. No, but I didn't. But... I think people are really taking notice, and I think you know, definitely when I speak to people out and about, and I said, oh, "Have you seen Shadow? Have you seen Miracle?" Um, and they're like, "No, we haven't yet." Or we have, and yeah, they were really great. And so I think it's making people really take notice. It's great to have like fresh energy on the scene and, and within the drag kind of community. When did your love of performing and like getting into drag first kind of start for you both? So start with you, Harry. Um, love of performing. I did so many like as a kid, like local theatre shows. I okay. did a production of Annie. Oh, I did. I wasn't Annie, unfortunately. <laughs> Manny. I was um, what's his name? Rooster. I think is is the character's name. I think. Anyway, uh, and I was doing like loads of little like kid productions uh-huh. from a very very young age. Um, and then went to university. And discovered that I wanted to be a dancer. Then went mm-hmm. to dance college. Um, so I've kind of been performing all my life. Okay. Dance college finished. Went and was on cruise ships for like five years. Oh, wow. Um, yes. So that's why I can jump into the splits. Yes. <laughs> um, so I was on cruise ships for like five years. And then the pandemic happened. And obviously that life, I've been doing it back to back constantly. And that life was kind of just like stripped from me. Yeah. As with like every other performer, obviously. Yeah. Like <clears throat> it was like taken completely from us. Had mm-hmm. nothing else to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of just took some time to be like, what else do I love? Mm-hmm. Like you know, what makes me happy and mm-hmm. realizing like, okay, well the accumulation of everything that I enjoy mm-hmm. is drag. Mm-hmm. I've just not done it yet. Yeah. So I spent a lot of lockdown just kind of practicing my face and stuff. Um, and then when I first started performing in Brighton, I was doing more lip syncing type mm-hmm. of things and then realized that the bookings for a lip sync artist are quite slim. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I just kind of dived with the help of you, actually, with a lot of help from you, <clears throat> kind of like dived into the singing aspect and putting together yeah. like a cabaret show. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, so I kind of, I've been performing all my life um, yeah. and I acted straight for 18 years, which is <laughs> wild. Um, Hardest so, gig ever. Very uh, I, don't, I don't see any Oscar there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I did that. I did that. Um, and then, yeah, it's kind of just happened yeah, like it's yeah. really weird i'm sure you can attest like it's just it just kind of snowballs like you yeah, yeah. you do one then another one happens then another one thank you another one thank yeah. you another one <laughs> another one <laughs> and it just, it, it, does, it just keeps happening so it's really um, funny because when you said about being a lip sync queen yeah i don't like that's really surprising for me because your voice is amazing thank you so yeah I, i'm kind of surprised that you even started in that yeah, way it was it was just because i'd done the career in dance that I was like I'd always thought of myself as just a dancer, dancer yeah. so I never really kind of explored the singing side of it yeah. like you obviously get trained in college and do all of that um yeah. but I'd never really explored the singing side of it just kind of pigeonholed myself as a dancer and mm-hmm. then doing drag kind of opened me up to being like well actually yeah. do you know the way I got over it I had a big fear of singing but the way I got over it was I was like it's not Harry performing yeah it's Mary I so it's I can kind armor. of get away with it yeah like if I fuck up or you know my voice cracks i can be like oh my god she was terrible yeah yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> wasn't me i'll have a word <laughs> yeah right in a performance review <laughs> very nice. my stupid bitch um, so so yeah i think yeah i just kind of jumped into lip syncing because it was it was what i'd seen especially being a huge fan of drag race like yeah. that was what i'd seen and was like i'll do that i yeah. know i can dance i can just do that easily and then just push myself out my comfort zone and yeah here we are. Well, I guess when you watch programs like Drag Race, it is all lip syncing. Exactly. It? It's very much about the aesthetic and lip syncing, lip syncing, <laughs> and then like a bit of dance. It's not singing live, so it's, I guess yeah, that's yeah. quite unique around yes, here, really, exactly. isn't it? Um, yeah. What about you, Anthony? Um, <clears throat> well, I guess that I've always sort of performed, um, but <laughs> yeah, I always said I've been doing like drag officially for like six, seven years. But actually, if you 
seen me at any fancy dress party after the age of five. That was when I <laughs> started. <enjoy> <laughs> yeah. So I don't know why it took me so fucking long to realise, to be honest with you. Same, really. Like, every time I'm like, oh, like, going on holiday to take with the family, you're like, me dressed up as a sexy PVC devil at the age of 13. <laughs> just, like, going to karaoke bars and it's like, like, greasy old men, like, you look like Cameron Diaz. And I'm like, ah. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know why it took me so long. Um, um, but I was it, for me I started doing pantomime when okay. I was like a kid and literally I can't remember how old I was I think it was like 11 or 12 and my drama teacher asked me to do it and I wasn't actually interested in doing anything performance related I wasn't like I was way too um, self-conscious to do that because mm. I was already being bullied for being camp enough as it was do you uh-huh. know what I mean so I was like don't go Adam Fuel to the fire yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but then they gave me a sparkly top hat and told me to sing Donna Summer hot stuff and do you know what I mean you were off the stars the a stars star was were born. <laughs> 100% in a community theatre in Monkston Hall holding 15 people with 15 teeth between them <laughs> and <Stop> it. <laughs> it was but it was great I love it so that sort of started my yeah. bug of like performing yeah, yeah, yeah. and then um Singing wise, I would always sing in in secret. So I used to have like a tape of the Fugees. So I used to have the oh. Fugees album. So whenever like someone would leave the house, my mom's like going to do her job. My dad was out grafting. I was like upstairs, like hidden away in the bathroom, singing "Ready or Not." Like, <laughs> and every time I cracked, just like have to start again. Um, <laughs> to my brother's despair. Was it on tape or CD? It was on tape. So you had to like rewind. Yeah. And- <laughs> That, that tape was busted by the end of it um, and that was it so I had that and I had a Stevie Wonder album that wow. I was obsessed with so that was how I started getting to singing yeah, yeah. and then didn't start performing properly until like secondary school year 10 I decided to go through drama GCSE and go that route but mm. that was just drama based I wasn't or wasn't ready to sing or anything like that mm. and then I went to college and started musical theatre mm. and then just really fell in love with with vocals and yeah. singing that and then went to go to um musical theatre university uh-huh. and I got into three and I couldn't afford to go so I oh. never went to musical theatre oh. university <clears throat> and I wish you hadn't like now I mean do you kind of do you think you would have needed it? No, I'm doing the same job they're all doing. They've got 50 k debt though. and I don't have nothing. Legit. So. I can attest for someone who went. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, legit. It's was, so hard, isn't yeah. it, to make it after you've been, I it guess. It's a, it's a tricky business to get into. But you do have this expectation as a teenager. Course. It's like, if you don't go to musical theatre mm. university, or if you don't get into one of those, you're never going to make it doing mm. anything. Like, that's, that's mm-hmm. your route. And I was like, right, I was 19 years old, finished college. I studied, like, dance and musical theatre. And I was like, I just want to go and sing. Yeah. So I auditioned for a holiday park. Um, and I went and got the job there, and that was where it sort of started. I went wow. from contract to contract, and then learned more vocally with each contract that I did and different styles. And I'm doing like an opera contract abroad and stuff. So I did like loads of diversified stuff that I managed to accumulate these different skills with, yeah. and then put them together. And, and then just next thing, you know, my dick's up my ass. I'm having the best time of my life. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it was. I've I've always felt weird on stage performing as a bloke, and I. I thought that was just like completely normal. So for me, yeah. every time I was on stage performing as a man, I was like, I felt really awkward. I'm like, mm. I feel like I'm supposed to be putting on this big bravado performance yeah. and I couldn't be anything further mm-hmm. from. And then when I started doing drag, I'm like, oh, the awkwardness is gone. Uh-huh. Like I actually just feel super comfortable yeah, and yeah. it gives me this avenue to also just explore the really dark crevices of my mind. Um, <laughs> and, and Which I, we don't talk about today. Like, we won't, we won't. But the good bit is when I do it in drag, like I don't get my head kicked in and they pay me and they ask me to come back. Uh, yeah, do it so, yeah, this yeah, is good. So, true. progression. Really interesting thing you said there was around um, 
feeling like, uh, you know, odd performing as a man. Do you think that for both of you, do you think that now doing drag has given you more confidence as Harry and Anthony? Like, have your drag personas almost like elevated your sense of self? Yeah, I would say, like, I always think that there's not a huge line between, like, either of ours, really, like, as boy or (laughs) Yeah, we're ratchet either way. Yeah, we're a bit of a mess either way. But I think think they have blended. And I think I've learned a lot of, like, the confidence that I exude on stage as Mary to Uh kind of adopt that more so as a boy. I was already, like, quite a confident boy anyway. But I do think, especially after discovering who you are as an artist, as a drag queen, the lines get blurred, mm. especially when you're doing it so often. Yeah. It, the lines mm. get I, so blurred. I feel like with drag, you when you make that decision to go out there and do it, honestly, the first time I did drag was possibly the most terrifying thing I've ever done. Mm-hmm. I've, I was fully dressed up with whatever I look like at that point. And I told you before, it's like my mum's dress and my face and my fucking Yoshi Mitsu. I can stop with that. Oh, it's awful. Oh, it's so bad. My fucking Sainsbury's bag for life. I used to take around with me full of shit makeup. Letting even that die. Oh, it was awful. Um, but it was like the moment you've put yourself in that position and you've outwardly put yourself out there. It's the most exposing thing yeah. I've ever done in my life. Yeah. And, but to do it and then get that sense of enjoyment from it, you've challenged yourself. And mm. then the level of confidence that you then exude on stage you then start to, it does transfer into your day-to-day life. There's, mm. there's, I wouldn't usually say boo to a goose like four or five years ago. Yeah. I was really placid. Now, like if I've got an opinion, I'm quite happy to voice it in a mm. nice way, but I'm not yeah. as... You realise you can access whatever that is 100%. in that drag persona. And it was there the whole time. Exactly. But it just then allows that avenue for you to explore it and yeah, then apply sure. it to your day-to-day, well, which is great. It's something we've mentioned on this podcast so many times, but filters, we all learn filters. We learn how to mask ourselves exactly. and not stick out, blend. Uh-huh. So actually, I guess you get to tap into those alter egos, which then... Yeah. Well, it's so funny because you put on like inches of foundation, shitload of tights, wig, but you actually are probably your more authentic <laughs> self <laughs> with all that shit on. Yeah. God, what's that saying about us? <laughs> <laughs> like they're probably your more authentic self in that than yeah. we are out of yeah out of it yeah it's like it's costume isn't it? it's like when they say when people go out for halloween so they live vicariously through this character yeah. but what they're doing is they're they're living out these parts of their lives that they wish they could do on a daily basis but they don't feel like they're able to do so mm, because yeah. of society constraints or what's expected of them or mm. what other people will think and you mm. get this outfit on and you just go fuck it i'm, 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 I'm a hero yeah. yeah and then people then people then like you for this. They're yeah. like, oh my God, I love that about you. Yeah, and then and, you're like, oh, okay. And it's like, mm. oh, cool. So you'd like me in the first place. So I might as well just carry on being a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> it's working quite well. Oh, I love it. Wonderful time. You keep getting booked. So yeah, oh, it's, it's, it's working. No, oh, they just keep turning up. <laughs> so they're, just, they're too shy to send me away. <laughs> what does drag, um, in terms of, what does it mean to you to go on stage? And I mean, we obviously talked about confidence and, you know, but what does it actually personally mean to you as performers? Like, what does it do to you inside every time you perform? When you come off stage, how do you feel? I mean, for me, like being in drag and what it means, what like drag, I'll answer that. Like, what does drag mean to me? It's kind of like, you know, I'm sure we can all attest growing up. We all get told as like little boys that you can't play with this. You can't do that. You can't wear makeup. You can't yeah. do wear, you know, all of those things. And yeah. to me, being in drag and being celebrated whilst you're performing is a huge middle finger to society being yes. like, fuck you, I can do this and people are going to love it. So yeah. I think that's what drag means to me is like, it's yeah. just a, a huge kind of pushback against what we're told we can't do from 
most of our lives yeah. as men yeah. Um, yeah. and going against that like masculinity thing yeah. and enjoying it mm. and being like, yeah. you know, fuck this, this is cool. Seeing, yeah. seeing people that would have 10 years ago probably berated you for it, be a sat there in an audience and they're eating up yeah. is fantastic. Um, yeah, I guess it's humble pie, isn't it? It's like, it really yeah. is. Yeah. My favourite bit, and it, I love all of those aspects and I have such a kick out performing. I love making people laugh. I like, I like making people cringe a little bit. I love, I like making people squirm because yeah. I think it's just fucking hilarious. Yeah. Um, but my favourite bit is when you see someone in a gig and you've got someone and they're clearly like they're not as confident in themselves and maybe this is like their first sort of few times uh, in a gay venue or a queer space mm. or a drag or a drag show. Mm. And when you get on stage and you have the persona of what you can do, and this is my fucking favourite part about drag, you have all this energy and if you do it right, you can basically share that energy with anyone in the room. So you're going to all be on the same level. You're all feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. That person who sat there at the start of the show, a bit meek and scared, they then take on a bit of that. They feel comfortable. They mm -hmm. let their freak flag fly and they know they're amongst friends mm -hmm. and they have the mm -hmm. best time in their life. And they then start to mm -hmm. put that into their daily life. So this yeah. is what I mean. So it's this whole transfer of really, really great energy. And I love that when you can see you've had a positive like influence on someone's night and mm. they could have a really bad day and you turn it around for me that's like the best part and mm. it's yeah. wonderful one, yeah. of the, one of the things that I what I really love about you both as well is that I've never seen you berate anyone and I've never seen you mm. put anyone down and I think no disrespect to any of the other queens on yeah. the scene but there are some queens that do like to pick on people as part yeah. of their show yeah. and one thing I also can't stand and it's something that I've really inspired actually some of this podcast and things that I'm working on because I remember sitting in the pub once and this queen was like asking someone, you know, are you a top or a bottom? And and you could see this person at the bar feeling so uncomfortable they were yeah. being asked that question. Mm -hmm. And I think those type of questions are, they're a bit archaic. And actually, we all know that sexuality, sex, gender is all so fluid and it's yeah. not just as simple as that. So how do you feel about those type of questions asked in a drag show? And do you think that actually they've had their time and we should maybe move on from that now? Well, I mean, for me, like... I think that the queer community go through so much shit in general in the outside world yeah. that going to a bar, which is meant to be a safe space for us all, you know, why would you berate somebody and make them feel mm. the way they're going to feel outside? Like, yes. I want to create a space. Like, yes, there's a joke and there's, you know, having a of little <clears throat> twist of the nipple or whatever. <laughs> um, Sorry. Well, it's true. <laughs> you um, sat so close. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just say as well, sorry, that this is cutting you in, but you totally look like you're auditioning for Strictly today with that shirt. <laughs> 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 I thought he was going to say by Pop Idol for reasons I look like Darius I was going this is going to go badly isn't it <laughs> moving on so um, yeah for me I want to create a space where you know people can come and escape that world like get lost in it see a boy dressed mm -hmm. in a wig and tucked mm -hmm. and all of that yeah, stuff yeah, yeah, and just yeah. kind of forget everything that's going on in the outside world Absolutely. so I don't understand why you would pick on someone who's come to a space to feel safe like you wouldn't invite someone around for dinner and be like, so top or bottom? Yeah, like, yeah. Do you know what I'm, like, it's, well, maybe you would. It depends, it depends, what, got to, got it depends what, what dinner. It depends what dinner. Can we please as host a fake dinner party to try all this me. question? <laughs> as, you, as you pass the vegetables, you ask. Chuck a fucking zucchini at him. Like, top, right. or top or bottom? <laughs> but yeah, like, you just wouldn't do it. Like, I get it. Like, yeah, I'm, I understand where it's come from. Do I think it's a little bit archaic? Yes. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily think that it's a clever thing to ask. Mm. Um, I just think it's a bit like, okay, what else have you got? And it's it's kind of so many of these queens as well. And again, I, I sound like I'm throwing shade at them. I'm, I'm not because <laughs> I, I get that everyone's got their, you know, they've got their kind of yeah. art and what they do and how they present and whatever. And, you know, they're used to performing. But if you pull it down further, 
Wrong sentence to use there. <laughs> you, saw my eye, you saw my eyes light up, there. and I just exercise self restraint. So this is this is growth. Your growth. But if you think about it, it's, it's another pun as well. <laughs> Fucking hell. But it's it's bottom shaming, isn't it? Well, how yes, many times in the clubs or in the clubs in the in the bars the do you kind of hear people say, "Oh, you'll definitely look like a bottom." I know. Is it like, "Oh, you're feminine," oh, or it's "You're just, less than a man"? Or, oh, it's, it's just that's that's an archaic. That is an archaic assumption. Yeah, it is. <clears throat> and like I do like to think we're moving on from that. In, in terms of like comedy and what someone's putting out into a drag show i'm always just, i'm very much of like if i can if i can live my fantasy life on the stage i can be like me personally the way that i like to the way that i like to perform my shows is mm. i'm i don't want anyone to feel like they are the butt of the joke yes. i want people to be included in the joke yeah. if there's any but of the joke it's only going to be me uh-huh. i'll make fun of myself because let's face it i've got fucking tons to go on and um <laughs> really <laughs> um but i'll do that and what that doesn't that makes people feel relaxed they can get into it and don't get me wrong if somebody feel so relaxed say when i come for me i'll rip the fucking spine out i mean it's fine i'll go for it if they if they invite me into that that Mm. narrative no Mm -hmm. problem i can ruin you but that's never an avenue I've tried to go. Oh, everyone to have a laugh. Yeah. Have a good time. And if they want to get into a bit of banter, we have a bit of banter. It's yeah, fine. It's all fine. It's fine. As long as it's consensual and everyone's happy with it. I think yeah. that's, that's the thing. This is it. it. Yeah. This is, you want, I don't want to sit there and make somebody feel like shit to yeah, get a laugh. We're, we're yeah. doing what we complain about bullies and people doing in our lives. Like yeah. we are, we're becoming the people that yeah, tormented I, us. I, I, yeah, I said I'd never be that person in yeah. my life, so I, I don't just, yeah, ever envisage. Yeah, a wig on doesn't make it any better. Yeah, I wouldn't no. get any. I wouldn't get any enjoyment out of making somebody else feel like shit anyway. That's just well, that's no. unless but it's subdom kind of thing. Right, yeah, like that. Different thing. <laughs> Bring out the gimp. Um, <laughs> Bring on the roll. <laughs> but. But you've got some people who, because like I said, because I'm I'm a fan of insult comedy. I think it's fantastic. Because to do it well, you've got to be fucking clever. Like yes. to do insult comedy well, you've got to do it in such a way. Like, for example, Cosmic is insult comic when, when she's on she's a flying quick. form. Oh, I love her. And it's it's the obscurity of what she's saying. That's what I really enjoy. It's this this tangible link that she's found between someone looking like fucking Sarah Millican and it sets me off. You can see her eyes and how oh, mine yes. going around it's like instant she's done. working but the thing is i love seeing that that brain process and hearing what's going to come out on the, on the fly yeah. i love that and the thing is it's, it's that whole topic isn't it if, if you're going to a comedian and you find offenses do they apologize they're not and it's like i feel like with certain acts you know what you're going to see uh-huh. and that's the kind of show yeah, like we, if someone comes to see my show there's certain things that they get offended at. if you go to see cosmic show there's certain things you get offended at Someone that went to watch Minor Cosmics or Davina Show or something or Harry, they could one person could get offended at one different thing out of every yeah, single completely. show. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. gonna happen. Yeah. Um the thing is it's knowing if what you're saying is intent maliciously. Yeah, That's yeah. the difference. Yeah, it's yeah. how you're delivering that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can either deliver it with a blanket or you can deliver it with a fucking school bus. Yeah, yeah, I mean? yeah, there's, yeah. there's an option. Yeah. So that's I think bus it's still maybe... running. <laughs> <laughs> What's your feelings on? Um, I'm asking all the, I didn't plan any of these questions, but they're all just popping around. No, right. I love it. So, what is your feeling on? Because um, there's a big thing, isn't there? Don't touch the drag queens. Yes. Yeah. But sometimes you go to a venue and the drag queens become quite touchy to the guests. Agreed. Yeah. I, yeah. How? What? What's your take on that? Because again, it's all fun and games, isn't it? But actually, there is a line, and yeah. some sometimes people may not want that to happen. 100%. So how do you feel about that? I think if you're the type of drag queen that is going to be very hands-on, expect it back. You can't have mm-hmm. your cake and eat it. Like, yeah. if you're going to straddle a guy and 
pretend like you're going to fuck them or whatever. I uh, know. Yeah. And then you moan that they're squeezing your boobs. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Come on now. Yeah, like, um, yeah but I think... I, I've done it where I've like been very kind of touchy, but I can you can kind of vibe with someone if they're not. Like 100%. you can see people when you're approaching them kind of recoil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're a bit like, well, I'm not going to yeah. take your like arthritic yeah. arms around me. It's not going to happen. You're not going to find the one crying person in the room and use it as a fucking balaclava. <laughs> so you know like, what I mean? Just like, <laughs> <laughs> just so, like you. Um, <laughs> I, I completely see both sides of the argument, yeah. to be completely honest. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think it's just the... Yeah, you can you can gauge yeah. consent with body language. I, th- I think I, th- I think as a general rule, unless you know that person on that wavelength, you sh- no one Agreed. should be touching anyone. Agreed. I don't. I don't personally. I no. don't like people touching me. I don't like people grabbing my wig. No. I don't like people oh, coming at me. Is- at, at, like I'm I'm not a commodity because I'm not a fucking Sylvanian family doll. I'm there yeah. to entertain you. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean like, yeah. that's a reason your mum sold your dolls because you couldn't be trusted. Can't have nothing nice. Um, <laughs> and then. Um, but yes, I I don't like I don't like people touching me personally. Don't get me wrong, I'm I'm a hugger. I'm I'm a touch yeah. person. I like that. But I don't like being grabbed. I don't like that shit. That does my no, head in. No. And I had a gig the other week. I was I was in the Queens actually, and there was a woman. And this is this is what riles me up the most. And it was just a, this is thing, and it's this it's a sense of entitlement. Mm-hmm. And this is what fucks me off. Agreed. So and this is purely an argument from a, a gender perspective. Mm-hmm. But women are very much. My God, like men slapping asses and just think it's really wrong. That's harassment. And yet I had literally a woman like grabbing yes. my drag, my drag, my drag cunt. She's, yeah. she's grabbing my, my she, drunt. She's grabbing my grunt, my grunt. My drunt. Uh, my drunt. But, um, <laughs> and I was, I was, I just finished a show. I was boiling. I was knackered. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and when we, when we perform our shows, we give every bit of energy Absolutely. that we have is into that mm. show. It's to making sure that we are providing like the best evening possible and have a laugh. And so you, when you come off the stage, you need those five minutes anyway, just to, yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you sweat like I do, fucking hell. Um, yeah, you do get very hot after your gigs. Oh, you? ridiculous. You've hugged me a few times. And I'm like, oh, yeah, just, I just, didn't expect oh. a shower. <laughs> just, just, shower Vera. <laughs> but, but, um, so yeah, I was, I was at the bar and I was just getting, I was just getting a, a pint and I just felt someone just come up behind me and they literally just grabbed me like through the back on my legs, underneath, up through my, my oh, up through my burst. And then, oh, it's in my bus in. And then I... <laughs> And then, but then she grabbed me from, from mine and she started again and she's like, oh, I'm, I'm really, really sorry. You just looked so gorgeous. I'm like, that's not actually how it works. Because the funny thing about consent, even in a gay bar, is that it still exists. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, actually, if you want it that much, go on then. And I turned around and I was like, grab it. She's like, what? I was like, yeah, grab it. I was like, no, yeah, now you've actually got permission. Come on, grab my purse. (laughs) And she did it. (laughs) I hadn't washed my tights in like three years. (laughs) She literally went in like like a camel neck and she went in. I was like, I'll pet that to your face to smell that. That's the smell of foist. That's what you (laughs) get. I will say, in terms of like more commonly, this might be shade, but whatever. um, I do think more commonly when it comes to a drag queen touching an audience member, it's usually lip syncers. There's not really cabaret singers. Why would you go and yeah. try and belt out a song and bounce on someone's knob? Like it is. Mm, I, I think have, it's. Mm, I have seen other. I have seen yeah. it. But I do think predominantly it is lip sync. Yeah, yeah. Queens who yeah, yeah, will yeah. play like a sexy like Ariana Grande song into and you do something and yeah. do something. But that's probably because they've got nothing else in their repertoire. But that's um <laughs> something. Can this microphone record faces. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no! I th- I th- yeah, I think it's just a really interesting yeah. topic. Um, and yeah, it, it, I sometimes you 
as you said, you can see people having fun and they go with it. Yeah. Sometimes though, you look and you think, my God, they are so uncomfortable. Oh, just right. leave them and it looks alone. like it's just know your audience, isn't it? Yeah. And and fundamentally, it looks consent. like a mechanical bull ride sometimes. Yeah. Like the, <laughs> yeah. Trying to throw the drag queen out. <laughs> <laughs> it does. <laughs> So we all watch shows like Drag Race, yes. um, obviously. We talked about that earlier. And we see queens performing and looking very glam and all that kind of stuff. What do you think are the downsides to being a drag performer? Because I think so many people watch Drag Race and go, oh, my God, I want to be a drag queen. But <laughs> well, yes. Yeah. I just, um, all the time, like, oh, my God, everyone wants to get so glamorous. I'm oh, literally really sat there. Not. I've got, like, a nutsack hanging out. Know, I've right? got a, a lash that's out of my tick. <laughs> yeah, nut, nut bush, <laughs> <laughs> um, Oh, my God. Um, um a lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Enter. What was the question? The question was: What are the downsides to drag? Downsides to drag. Um, I feel like across the board, people. If you if so, if in the gay community, someone finds out you do drag, you mm. become less attractive to them. Hundred. It's really million percent. It's really bizarre. Yeah. I know it's almost like off-putting to certain well, people. That, but that therein lies in that toxic masculinity it that is. if you're presenting yeah. something feminine you're not attractive because it's camp or it's feminine yeah. it, it plays into that whole narrative mm. of gay culture coming through subgroups when we were it was male dominated and, and masculine testosterone dominated mm. and you had the femmes and the butches and that was really how it worked yeah. and yeah it's, it's just almost like if lingered. they find out if you're like dating or whatever if they find out you do drag you become somewhat less attractive oh 100% almost, almost get, a weird commodity you get, kind fri- of thing. You get friend zone yeah like straight instantly away. Oh, that's really strange isn't yeah, it yeah that's really one odd. thing I have noticed yeah as, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was doing it for obviously you know, for a few years and it was it was 
always the case. Like, always the case. I wouldn't tell anyone that I was a drag queen. If I was talking to them on, like, an app or something like that, it, it was, I never mentioned it. I had a separate Facebook set up with just my male pictures that if they stalked me, uh, they'd yes. only get those. Okay. Um, because at the end of the day, I wasn't looking for a relationship. And I, unless they're wearing a size 11 shoe, then they're not moving in anyway. So <laughs> unless, unless I'm going to half the rent and double the wardrobe, they can fuck off. Um, but, I don't know if about... Sorry to interrupt. I don't no, know if, no, no. like, when you started, did you find it... Um, <laughs> did you find it like almost weird to admit you were a drag queen yeah to like actually outwardly say it yeah to some people because that's always met with a bit of like a yeah, weird yeah, yeah. discontent yeah. feeling yeah, like yeah. people are like oh what about so parents your parents okay parents are fine yeah I, I had no issue parents wise parents? i've got two lesbians i've got two mums they make my yeah. outfits oh, okay. oh, <laughs> oh, does. Good. Very, oh. incredible yeah okay Amazing. And your parents? Uh, it was a rocky road. Okay. Um, so um, coming out wasn't the easiest. But like two of your brothers are gay as well, yeah, right? So yeah, you, I, I mean, you've got quite you, a queer household. You just thought they'd learn. But <laughs> <laughs> you were like, oh, there's two gay brothers. Yeah, I'm going to be ultra gay. It was so weird. It's just like coming out was it, was, it was a weird process. And the town where I'm from was not a progressive place to be coming out yeah, anyway. The only yeah. gay people I knew were biologically related to me as yeah. my brothers. And, and, and that's not Cousins, me. fine. Yeah, <laughs> do I mean? But um, when I came out um, like doing drag, it was like, so I've been working as a, as a singer and they literally got told by someone, um, and it was like, oh, I feel like you've just cheapened yourself a bit by doing drag. And wow. I was like, wow, um, that's a lot. And um, my, my, dad's a, my dad's a wonderful man. He takes a, a, a more time to come around. Yeah. It's just, it's, everyone's different. And so we were like, he got used to us all being gay. And then I basically, I felt like I came out again. I was literally yeah. about to say the downside, I guess, is that you're feeling like you're having to come out it's, again. It's, it's a whole coming out yeah. one. And then, but of course, my parents were trying to be understanding. And they, they, they were like, so like, um, they thought I was trans for about six Well, that's months. what I was going to say. Do, did you then have kind of like, well, you know, do you want to be a woman? Is it then people yeah. questioning your identity and that kind of stuff as well? Kind of. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, are you transitioning now? Yeah. And you're like, well, no, not, no, I'm quite happy my, my with it. My just like, like, I'm fine. Like, Anthony, is this, um, yeah, they think it's is a it, gateway. Is this permanent? It's like weed being a gateway drug. <laughs> I was just like, Mum, I was like, <laughs> sorry, could you dress up Michelle Avila permanently would be absolutely hilarious. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Truly the sign of the apocalypse. <laughs> 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 is this permanent? I was like, Mum, I was like, I was like, I'm really putting my dick up my ass if they're paying me cash. Don't <laughs> so I think, yeah, downside to it is probably that kind of yeah. feel it's weird yeah. and other than you know having your dick up your ass and yeah. sweating buckets yes and being p- uncomfortable for a very fucking yeah. long time it's um also lack of facial hair because oh, I, I love to have it. a beard Same. i love a beard and we I, were discussing this today we before were, we yeah. so i'm really taking the first but i was just like and eyebrows <laughs> i know i know i know i kept mine just spend half my time looking like a fucking blobfish it's just ridiculous <laughs> so, what, so is it easy for you to have no eyebrows because you then draw on if it saves, saves time, time. saves right. time. My my eye makeup, like the shadow, blends out like really smooth, and it's really nice. And uh-huh. everyone's like, "Wow!" And so it takes like twenty good minutes off my routine. So if I'm blocking properly, I'm to do it. And, and getting the glue off afterwards is a nightmare. And yeah, I do miss having. Cause I like having eyebrows, but I'm sort of content with it now. I'm used to it. <laughs> I think if I did, I'd look like Dopey yeah. from Snow White. Yeah, got such big fucking ears. Yeah, I'd look like the little. I feel, I feel like I've shaded my dad now. I do have to go back to it because I've he will listen no, to you this. No, 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 I need to no, no. But my dad, um, he took longer 
but it took him about six about six months, I'd say, after I started performing in drag. So he just didn't come to my show. He didn't ever say that he wasn't going to come. My, my mum would always kindly make an excuse as to why yeah. they weren't going to come. Because I think my dad was just, he didn't know what to make of it. He didn't know any drag queens. He'd never seen a drag queen. He didn't know what to make of it himself. Yeah. And he's from that generation. Took him a little bit longer. And then he came to watch my show. And I remember he came in, I had a pint of Stella with him and I got up on stage and we sang Bohemian Rhapsody together. And he's, and he's just been my biggest fan in drag ever since. That's amazing. So he's just, some it's people time, just need time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, But I think as well, if you look back to, with all kinds of issues surrounding queer people, yeah. your parents have fed so much propaganda and mm-hmm. so much information that isn't true. Oh, I think yeah, it just, yeah. they have all these perceptions of what things are. And actually until, you know, you actually, and again, what do they imagine a drag queen to be? They're probably thinking of something from the 70s, like Dame Edna when she first... Did, yeah. Oh, I love Dame Edna, but do you know Honestly, what I mean? It's, yeah. it's, it's even like gay people. Like I've, I didn't realise. Have you ever seen the movie Deliverance? No. Right, don't. Um, so, <laughs> so like we sat there and I was like, it was Boxing Day and you've got me, my brother, my brother's boyfriend, my other brother, my other brother's boyfriend. It was uh, a campus Christmas, literally. Yeah. And my mum and dad were like, oh, we've got this really great movie you want to watch, Deliverance. I was like, oh, where is it? And it's just like Barrett Randall just getting butt raped by gay hillbillies oh and stuff. I'm like, this is what people's connotations of of, of gay delivery. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> if you get if you spell delivery, I'll lull. Um, <laughs> but um, but yeah, you've, you've got these like social connotations that were fed through society yeah, about yeah. who gay people were and what they were, and they were deviants. And they're there. we were we were one and the same apparently for for years as as paedophiles and child molesters. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's that was an, an opinion that was very much taught mm. to everyone, and that's from a school age. Mm. So what you're having to do is you're having to re-educate people who've been taught stuff. So you're having to rewire yes. someone's brain and their thought process. Mm-hmm. And it's never going to be quick. It's possible. Mm. And some people will be quicker than others. But when you're from a town where people aren't progressively thinking like this, and you are in a group of people who are predominantly thinking like mm-hmm. the blinders on, mm-hmm. it's a lot harder for people to change their perception yeah, unless they're exposed Agreed. to. I will say people. on the flip side of that, I think it's our responsibility as a queer community to understand that and not mm. always get angry yeah, and not always be on the defense yeah. and kind of approach it in a way where it's like, you have to understand like this is a, long thing yeah. of society that these people have been taught Absolutely. that we have to kind of like it might not happen and yes it makes us angry but we mm. kind of have to go okay let's work in a you know yeah, type yeah. Of way rather than just throwing the first brick Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> that, you know what i mean like you you don't have to always get angry if your parents don't yeah, understand it might just take them time it takes time yeah but it's, also it's and then i think it's a willingness for people to be open to it it's a two-way street yes yeah. Yeah, we can understand that people come from different backgrounds, they've got different, and everyone is different. But at the end of the day, if you're not even willing to change your perception, yeah. unfortunately, I always say, and it's my favourite saying, I always say, gay, straight, bi, tie, or chai. If you're a cunt, you're a cunt. Simple. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah. doesn't change. And for some people, unfortunately, just they yeah. don't want to. They don't want to change. Yeah, they don't they're, want they're happy to. just being how they are. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So this kind of goes, I mean, I wasn't going to talk about this yet, but it actually goes quite nicely into it. So we talk about allyship on this mm-hmm. podcast all the time. And, um, I think it's safe to say we've talked quite a lot about actually how important this is in the community and yeah. being together. What do you think next needs to change in the queer community? Can I go first on this one? Go for it. Um, we need to support trans people. Yes. Trans people, people that, that are gender that, non-conforming. That. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And it's the one thing that, like, it, it upsets me more than anything. Because, like, within the gay community, we put ourselves out there outwardly. It's, it's like, right, we are a family, we're a community, and we praise it, and we have pride, and we cheer each other on. If you're not cheering each other on outside of Pride Weekend, you've yeah, got nothing yeah. to be proud of, as yeah, far as I'm yeah, concerned. Yeah. And one march a year doesn't <gasps> mean you're an ally. And, and I... I <laughs> And I fought with with the gay communities, and I'm just going to call T. I'm going to say it, so, yeah. um, especially with the the gay male white community. Yeah. We yes. we're in a very privileged position. Mm-hmm. People love gay white men. Gay white men are hilarious. They can get in the good jobs. They can do all these things. What about the black trans person that can't get the job because mm-hmm. they don't because they don't pass or mm-hmm. because they make other people feel uncomfortable? So. It's, yes. it's not it's not equal rights until we're all equal. Yeah, so it's great. Absolutely. And then you've got people who are then playing into that narrative and being transphobic when they're in our own community, which mm. in my opinion, I I, I hate that. I hate that. Yeah, we should all be agree. here for each other. Um, yeah. yeah. So we don't get to deny somebody else their existence because yeah. all of a sudden we're comfortable. Yeah. Um, and that's a conversation that needs to be had and yeah. needs to be pushed and we need to support each other more in that aspect. That's, Show up for each other. Yeah, I feel Absolutely. really, really strongly about that. Really strongly. Yeah. Do you agree? I, Anything to 100%. I was going to say, <clears throat> another thing that I think that needs to change with like... Um, allyship and the word of allyship um i was outside the uh, queen's arms once and we were talking about hen parties coming into Mm -hmm, gay bars mm -hmm. and almost being like gay bars are becoming this like commodity or like a zoo attraction for like straight people to kind of invade our spaces and Mm -hmm. you know we're not it's yeah it's becoming this like thing where we're letting these people into our spaces and yeah you might have a group of hens who all of them are very much allies and very much supportive but you don't know as soon as they go behind closed doors with their husbands who are probably homophobic fucks they're not going to speak up with it are they (laughs) (laughs) you know it's true though they're not going to be like Hmm. you know oh yeah um yeah, I don't think you should say that. They're not going to do that. Yeah, like, I just don't believe that out of seven yeah. of those hens, one of them is probably ab- an ally. Absolutely, no. Because I've got a gay friend. It doesn't that to me. Yeah. And I think we hand out allyship to people too much. Yeah, and you've got to show up and actually prove an ally. Yeah, yeah. not just I yes. want to be a part-time ally. You know, yeah. exactly. And it's the same with pride. Like pride becomes a party, not just for us oh, or I a know, celebration yeah. for I being proud. I, I love Pride, but yeah, no, I do get that. Well, do you know, I had a conversation last night actually with um, a lovely lady called um, Emma Goswell who's got a podcast called Coming Out Stories. Nice. And we were talking about the podcast and talking about Prides and she said that she did Manchester Pride but she went to a smaller Pride actually and mm. that's her hope for Pride is that more smaller events. That's like she, it, her The smaller Pride was like in a church I think somewhere. It had like jam being sold and games and it was the community <laughs> just coming together and just all celebrating his families and stuff. Yeah. And, I, and actually when I was in um, George Street outside the Queen's Arms at Pride I mean it was my first like big Pride yeah, this year yeah. actually Brighton Pride and there were two girls who were so pissed like so so drunk and I remember one of them saying oh yeah we're really glad we're here why do, why do we have this kind of thing? <laughs> no, I, I would have gone off, you know me. I would, I would have literally... I'd have Let just, me off the lead. I'd have seen Mary, and I, if it wasn't so busy in the street, I'd have ran. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, right, so it's a double-edged sword, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. on one hand, you've got people paying 70 quid for a ticket and putting money into the Rainbow Fund into Brighton Pride. Yeah, Great. But on the other hand, if you're going to do that, Try and educate yourself about why yeah, but, we're having it, mm-hmm. why it's important. Putting money into a jar is an allyship, is <laughs> it? It isn't, it's no. not. And it, that, that's what I'm trying to say. It's not. Yeah. Buying a drink at a gay bar doesn't mean you're an ally. Yeah. I guess what I'm saying is that money then enables more things to happen. Granted, but, th- yes. but then if Pride is just about being a big commercial event, do we need that money? Yeah. You know, should, should actually we strip it back so that we don't have to charge 70 quid a ticket for people to go and celebrate yeah, who they it's, are? It's, it's just, it, I agree. You know, it, it's really, really weird. Because I remember I, I started going to Pride and I was like, 
literally. So I was going in secret, like 14 years old. Wow. So my, my brother's like five years older than me. So he was out of the gate. So I was going to pry with my older brother. I've seen some shit. Um, <laughs> but um, <laughs> but um, it, was, it, was, it was just very different. And I don't know if it's because I was younger yeah. and maybe I'm perceiving it in a different way. Maybe. Um, and maybe as I'm older, maybe I'll grow more cynical. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I, it does seem a lot more like commercialised than it was when I went before. It mm. felt a lot more personal the first time that I was there. Mm-hmm. And now it's like he's got the best daisy chain headband. And, do you know what I mean? <laughs> and it's he's, not he's me bought a pair, Yeah, bought a pair <laughs> of green pants, touched a tiger in Thailand. <laughs> and I've always loved deep house. Um, <laughs> not the green pants. <laughs> Go but, to bed. Um, but yeah, so but there's this aspect where you have to appreciate the, the good that it's doing. Yeah. It really is. It's yeah. going to help LGBTQ plus charities. You've got homeless charities to trans youth. And it's really, really important. Yeah, absolutely. Things that need to be funded and we need to make sure that that customer is going through to those groups. Yeah. That, yeah. But then I equally feel if we're going to take that money to put it through to that, I, I feel like it's also our job as well to make sure that we're educating the people who are coming to these events. Yeah. So That's what yes, I'm saying. Like, yeah, trans like, rights and I think focusing on what the fuck allyship actually means. Absolutely. Are two things that we so, need. Uh, yeah. Like it, it's great that we have these great acts on, and we have people from the queer community, and they're bringing their celebrities and whatever, and that's wonderful because it's really enjoyable. But I feel like the message is kind of being convoluted a little 100%. bit, and how it originated, why it's there, why it's still relevant. Mm. And I know they do like the screen showing at like 10 p.m. in the park about why it's relevant. And it's great and it's wonderful, but it's 10 p.m. and people have been dropping pills since two. Do you know what so, I mean? Do you know, <laughs> do you know what I mean? She's been seeing screens since she left the house yesterday. <laughs> so. It's, it's great, but I feel like it should be focused on more throughout the day and as a general yeah. theme, yeah. just as important as the dancing and just as important as the acts on. And it's, it's visibility and that's the perfect opportunity to be visible and really teach people. So why aren't we utilising that in the biggest way possible? Maybe we should do like a driving theory test and if you don't pass, you can't come. <laughs> it's true though. Like, I would be, you know, down. Like, I'd be down for that. Yeah. yeah like I'm sorry, you failed your allyship test. Yeah. What does this colour handkerchief mean? <laughs> Very that. Very that. <laughs> Your allyship was more Ali McBeal. <laughs> it was more Ali Express. <laughs> Is that the clothes shop that does the... Yes! <laughs> oh, you stopping something in my wardrobe? <laughs> The lovely one there. No, no I, I think what you're saying is, is spot on though. I think it's a really interesting conversation and I think that it's one that we need to keep having. And I think you're right, people need to respect queer spaces mm-hmm. and know if they're showing up, why they're showing up and why it's important to show yeah. up. Um, yeah. I've definitely have been frustrated in pubs when you have... And again, I, you know, I had friends... I actually put a, a something on Instagram earlier in the year because I had this... Um, someone in a in a queer space... Um, this group of people, and they were just, you, we were trying to have a conversation, me and some friends, and we couldn't because they were so loud, and right, yeah. it was just it's like, they took over the, yeah, to go to the venue. And actually, we want people place to be inclusive and everyone to have a good time, but I can't just go and rock up with my friends in Weatherspoons. And be like, yes, queen. Yeah. Sat there being a home bargain, scream up. It's true though, absolutely. But I can't. Yeah. So, so actually, yeah. and, I, and I kind of said, oh, you know, I, if people are going to come, please just respect that they are safe spaces. And some friends that I have from back home were really quite upset about that. They were like, I don't, I don't get it. You know, is it, why are we, why are we segregating? And it's like, but actually, it's not. It's, not, not, yeah, it's, not it's called a queer yeah. safe space for a reason. reason yeah. And actually, how long have we not had integration? Yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. So there's a reason those places exist yeah. in the first place. It'd be lovely if they didn't have to exist. What a wonderful world! Oh, absolutely. We'd have to but yeah. I'd, I'd love they, to go to spoons. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather get forked. <laughs> 
But um, do you know what though? I hope they always because I I just I do love going. You know where my favourite venue is. Yeah, like, yeah. Going there we, and, we, um, we have a great time. We do have a good time. I think the drinks are a bit pricey, but there you go. What I felt me last <laughs> night. That that quiz win didn't last very long, did it? It didn't. No, uh, no, no. <laughs> So, where would you like to see Shallow and Mary next? Like what? rehab. <laughs> <laughs> Mary's like crematorium. <laughs> but I mean, obviously, you're doing the circuit, and I know that there's talks of other, you know, there's hope, high-profile shows and stuff. Which, you know, I think people do aspire to go on that. But a- yes. aside from that, is there anything else you'd really love to do? Like, would you like to? I don't know, record an album? Would you like to oh God, do television? Like Would you like to... What, what's the, what's the yeah. plan? Because I can see you both doing some great stuff. I would love to record like a bitch track album. You did. I that fucking write raps. So well. I write raps all the time in my spare time. I wrote one. I actually redid um, a RuPaul song, Queens Everywhere, and wrote yeah. it about drag queens in Brighton. <laughs> yes. I've I did, yes. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, I yeah. love doing that yeah. shit. I lo- literally will write raps. Me and my best friend Marcus or Peggy eighteen, who's a drag queen as well, um, we will send raps back and forth to each uh-huh. other. Just stupid shit, just yeah. absolute stupid shit. I would love to record an absolute bitch track album. Do it, one hundred percent. This is an amazing studio you're in right Girl, now. Girl, I would love to. And Julian is very reasonable. So listen, let me get to writing. I love that. I just need everything else. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what I would love to do. Oh. That'd be amazing. And the thing yes. is as well, it's with streaming and stuff now, you can put your work out there. You don't yeah, have exactly. to have a label. You, no, you can do your own thing. You, you can so. self-manage technically. Don't yeah. You? Yeah. yeah. You so you could totally do that. And again, it's you build a following and then... Yeah. I think as well, other than recording a bitch track album, um, one thing that I want to do, which I'm trying to work with, have you been to Arcobolono, the new bar? Yeah. So I really want to um, open up a space that you can start giving back to the community. I've actually, I've spoken to them a couple of times about potentially opening up like drag classes and just like six week courses and like how, you know, when I started, I had no fucking idea what I was doing and like how to do makeup and trying to do like spaces where people can come learn, learn about queer culture. In fact, Arcabaleno, if you, they've got their charity across rainbows, which is incredible. Um, They are very, very good at a lot of like queer history and just learning about stuff like Mm -hmm. that. So I would love to, find a way some way to like give back that's mm. not just me being on stage singing yeah yeah, yeah. so bitch track and give back to the yeah, community they're, they're really really community focused and yeah. it's lovely I it's love really that. I really it's nice great. yes so you can do um, uh, like allyship training as well yeah, I and mean, you can have people I mean, come and just like, like talk you know why yeah. it's important to be an you, ally yes. and... you can literally have like Q&A sessions with people yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean like, literally like just, just exchange, exchanging like live stories and experiences and what it's like to be I need to be you both we do a live interview talking about queer life. Hi, Kath. I think that's what I would want to do. That's amazing. I think it's so lovely. That's so, yeah. so nice. It's good. Slag you? everyone off and then yeah. help them. <laughs> um, and you're like, oh, there's so many things I love to do with Indrax. So it's like, feed like pigeonhole. I'd like, I'd love to, I'd love to make like, two albums. I'd love to make one album of my comedy parodies and something and just see how far I can push that envelope. And then, <laughs> but then have, uh, yeah, but I have like another one or uh, like an album where it's like, uh, but like massive big vocal sings and, and just like disco campy sort of like tracks mm. and stuff. I'd love to be able to get on my stuff and then like, release it and just tour it as this big thing and then if yeah. I get do really well eventually I'll end up on Dancing on Ice and my life oh my will God. be fucking complete that is a goal of mine if I ever went, not if I ever went on Drag Race and I became like big if I could go on Strictly yeah. and win it that's my goal I I so my that goal, goal is I'd love to yeah, I would love to go off on that and show I and win it Strictly. Oh, yeah. I would love yeah. it I've said it for ages I'm like I've got yeah. two things in life that I really want to do I want to get famous so I can go on Dancing on Ice and I just really want to get on Pointless I'd quite like to do Tipping Point Oh, I love that. 
Shepherd. Yeah. Yes. Lovely. Um, I've got lots to say then. I've just been distracted by Ben Shepherd. <laughs> he does that to people. He does. He does. So albums and recording and releasing. And I guess what I was going to say as well was, I think what I've definitely found since being here is there's so much energy to support people that want to do well. Agreed. And like Fringe, you know, you ha- you can write oh, a yeah, show true. and go and do Fringe and you could go and talk, you know, yeah. people do it all the time. He's, yes, you have to fund stuff, but yeah. you can make your art what you want it to be. It's something I've... Uh, just consider and I do it's Can something you imagine I do. the chaos of us writing a show oh, could you imagine I think that opens up in October yeah, oh. you've got time I would I would like to try writing a show for something like this just something like really just like outlandish and, and a bit weird and so I don't know it's, it's something that like it's part of me I've always said I'd love to write do you remember Smack the Pony yeah yes. right it's like my fucking favourite thing I I would love to it's some aspect of my life I keep telling myself I'm going to try and write a sketch show like yeah, it's like can. that sort of thing I'd yeah, love yeah. to do it but if there's anyone I could try and like put some comedy so, like it'd have to be like something like vocally based and stuff but like yeah, really yeah. weird I'd love to yeah. be able to do something like that and put that like more like quirky artistic side out and try yeah. and try something it's, it's something new it's an avenue and it's always worth like trying something new pursuing something else otherwise you you tend to get stagnant and stale and bored it's just keep stuff fresh for yourself yeah, for sure. I think the more you kind of do stuff as well it inspires you to think about other things and yeah. it gives you that creative buzz I, I spoke yeah. to a really guy, nice guy last week called Henry Fry who's just released a book and he said I said, what was your advice for any aspiring writers? And he's like, just keep writing, keep start. You know, yeah. you've got an idea for a show, just start getting stuff on paper because yeah. that's the only way you start to make yeah. it come to life, you know? Um, so yeah, that's been such a lovely conversation. Thank you so, <laughs> so much. I've absolutely loved it. I'm sweating. I know. It's hot in here. That's why I wore mesh. <laughs> <laughs> I have got a quick fire round for you though. Yeah. You love. <gasps> so I'm going to ask you one each. Okay. So Mary, Queen Icon. Queen icon, queer icon, queer, queer icon. Queen icon. <laughs> well, that I'm not, joke, I'm not that even going didn't it? <laughs> queer icon. Um, I would probably say just uh, Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga. Yep. Yeah. The, did you enjoy the, the gig oh, this summer? It was fucking amazing. It was, it was so it? good. Yeah. So Did good. you see her crying the other day when she couldn't finish her Yeah, show? she cancelled the one in Miami, correct? Because it was thunder. Thunder. Yeah. Didn't rain on her. <laughs> amazing. Queer anthem, Shallow. Queer anthem. Oh, oh! Well, that's real. No, I'm I'm music obsessed. So, um, to pick a queer anthem, you were you were throwing some shapes at a few songs last night. I was. I love, if I like, if I say queer, I've got songs that are representative of the queer community, but then I've just got songs that make me feel fucking faggy, and I love it. <laughs> so, if I, I I like to go the faggy route, and my autumn is always going to be Donna Summer, MacArthur Park, like a hundred percent. Disco music, it is prime, good vibes. Yeah, at last, gay hun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but there's a song called um, "What Makes a Man a Man." Have you heard it? Oh, no. I, yeah, I actually have. I can't remember. It's really, really famous. Um, a guy sings it, and it's, it's, it's honestly, it's wonderful. And it's, and it's actually about a drag artist and his like day to day life and stuff. And it's really, really good. I, I will find you the link and I'll send it to you. Mm-hmm. You absolutely love it. Okay. It's, but it's. That to me is a queer song. Yeah, like yeah, that yeah. is a queer song. And that's probably the, one of the queerest songs I've ever heard. Like yeah. in its entirety, it's wonderful. So that's my queer one. Queer, yeah. Donna Summer, she's my fag moment. Just vibes. Yeah, I, you're I, on the dance just, floor then, and just feeling good. Then wonderful faggy vibes and I live for them. Love it. <laughs> Love it. Um, for both of you, a drag accessory you could not live without. Wigs. Wigs. Lashes, actually. Lashes. We do say lashes do make lashes us a woman. Lashes do make us a woman. <laughs> also, lashes do hide a multitude of sense of a fucked anything up. Um, well, yeah, accessories. 
because I'm not really like a necklace or a bangle person to that. So for me, it's going to have to be yeah, a little meaty turp. Um, <laughs> Tuckerberries. <laughs> by the ones that always smell like foist. Um, I mean, I'm going to go... I know I'm going to have to agree with you. Lashes. Lashes are my Lashes. ultimate accessory. Yeah, because they can uh, they can make me just feel fit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I probably know the answer to this for you, but night in or night out? <laughs> um, I, well, me personally, I'm not really much of a drinker. So, um... <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's change it then. Describe to me your favourite or your ultimate night in. If, if you're not shallow and you're not out of the town, what would you be doing? Oh, 100%. Just like sat at home... Like, me, Lewis, tend to have really, really good Thai food, watch Kill Bill 1 and 2, back to back, love that, and then go upstairs and then bear that back. Bear that back. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but actually, no, no, that's all genuine, I love all of that. Yeah, yeah so, no, it's wonderful. But yeah, no, yeah, night in, great food, good company, Kill Bill Volume 1 and 2, just yeah. so I can go, I need to go on me a <laughs> <laughs> What about for you? What's your ultimate night in? Ultimate night in. Uh, kind of similar to you. I would put a bath in there. I'd have to have Ooh, a bath. Nice. A chill bath. I love that you got running water. I didn't even I think know. about hygiene, did I? <laughs> <laughs> it's such, um, I'm such a rank slut. Do you like a nice like bath bomb? Bath salts? Yeah, a couple of bath salts. <laughs> you know what I mean? Piss in there after. Because everyone does, let's be honest. We all lay in our piss for like 30 minutes and go, oh, I, I feel so much cleaner. <laughs> Oh, the second you get into a bath, you need a piss. Oh, I love that. These bath salts have put me you on do. cloud nine. Every time. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd probably do the same. I don't know what movie, maybe not Kill Bill 1 and 2. Yeah. I love horror, so yeah. a horror film. Love horror. Generally, like, like horror, horror all the time. Oh, I love, I love horror, horror films. Don't watch the new Suspiria, it's shite. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> I, just, yeah, I, can't, I can't do it. A horror film goes on, I'm just like literally hiding behind oh, my blanket. Yeah. Oh, I love them. Yeah, I think a horror film. Love a horror film. Yeah, some food. What food are you having? Because you're quite healthy. You obviously do the gym. You're PT. What food am I having? Do you like to do you like to have like naughty food? When you're love, not working out. Oh, naughty food. Um, <laughs> yeah, I love eating ass. Um, <laughs> <laughs> probably Mexican. I love Mexican food. Okay, nice. Yeah, Mexican oh. food because that's kind of really healthy as well. Actually- to be honest, when I'm like drunk as fuck, it's forty chicken nuggets and just shoving yeah. that back in my face. Yeah. 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 I'm, like, I'm like, what deals Domino's got on? Oh. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've been having like <laughs> it's really random, but I've just been eating so many hobnobs lately. Oh really? Yeah, chocolate hobnobs. I've like we buy a packet, and I have about twelve. I've not had one in years. I've not had hobnob in ages. With a glass of milk. Oh my god, amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh yes. Yeah, it's really good, but it's like three in the morning waking up going fancy hobnob <laughs> I, I, <laughs> getting up and having a hobnob I always, wake up. I always wake up in the middle of the night to eat I'm, I'm like a habitual night eater I usually wake up about 3am the witching hour to go downstairs hecata hecata yeah honestly but I can't take stuff up with me because I Lewis knows I'm, I'm awful because I'll sometimes I'll be like oh, I'm just going to take this bag of crisps this bag of pretzels upstairs I do but I know it's there and I, I wake up consistently every like 40 minutes <sighs> reach over the bed shove them in one time he woke up and there was chicken nuggets under my pillow oh <laughs> <laughs> Sounds ideal. Was, That's was, the best gift from the tooth fairy ever, isn't it? I think we've been about a month. I'm imagining <laughs> you going down um going down the stairs in like a lovely red gown like Nigella opening up the fridge and like doing like the naughty sandwich from like something that's left over from before. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible, isn't it? <laughs> um three items you would take to a desert island. Um Something to play music on, so a phone or MP3 player uh-huh. or whatever. Probably oh, a Wi-Fi cool. hub so I can watch porn. Um, mm. And I would probably say like a notebook uh-huh. and a pen okay. if they combine together because you can put a pen in there. You can. <laughs> there we yes. go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, probably a notebook to either write or draw. Yeah, just have some just kind of creativity. Something. Yes, nice. I like would it. say. Yeah. What about you? 
Um, Tell me else. Am I allowed Wi Fi on there? So I said, Can we imagine that, that Wi Fi exists on well, this Well, then island? I need to change one of mine. Well, so I wanted to say, I would have. Um, like I've installed the Wi-Fi hub, so you're there. I'd have so we've got Wi-Fi. Like a full music system because I've really only Wi-Fi and even Apple Music. So that way I've got my all my song selections. So that's why it's it's really important. Yeah, it's yeah. part of the narrative. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if I don't get, I'd be very angry. <laughs> a volleyball <laughs> with a handprint on. I was just going to say about like a full music system. I built into it. Um, solar powered battery and a pedalo. Oh yeah, Cam. Pedlo, love it. Wonderful. <laughs> well, yeah, because you could like live in the Pedlo as well. Just make my way slowly back to land at some point. And I've got an eternal like list of music. Good shout actually. <sighs> so Charlotte, last day on Earth, how are you spending it? Um there's part of me that I'd love to be like, oh, like complete hedonism. And, oh, my God. Like, I don't know, all that stuff. Go yeah. in. I'd, I'd probably just be like at home with my mum crying. Oh. <laughs> I would. No, I would. I'd be like, I'm very much a person I love. Like, and I am that like that loose cannon. Um, but when it comes down to it, my last day on earth, I'm going, like, I want to be around the people that bring me the most amount of joy possible so I can oh. tell them how much joy they bought me and be that sobby bitch. Oh, yeah, if, I, if I knew I had like from... 1am, 24 hours. Oh, and I'd be like, right, hour you're, gig. You're, Let's just put a gig in there so you can perform. Cool. You can do, oh, God, you can do, you know do your mean? farewell tour. <laughs> <That's what's, laughs> I'm sure that will happen Could you soon. imagine? Cher <laughs> pops up. It's like, that's mine, bitch. <laughs> yeah, I think i try and strategically plan yeah. it so I could do something like get fucked for an hour. Of, of course, both the, of course, the personal trainer puts into a fucking schedule. Well, of course. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Work out. I'd probably be like, who knows uh, who's going to be I'm in like, hell? Yeah, I just put on the chalet view on. What are you going to do? Just turn up. Yeah. <laughs> I love that you're going to look your best by working out before yeah, you die. Right. <laughs> Who else is going to be I'm, in I'm sat in my mum's handbag with like wrenches and loom bands in it. I'm like, where am I going? Fancy loom band. <laughs> to the loom band. Oh, I know, Ben. Keep your eyes off my salt. <laughs> I hate you. Oh, my God. <laughs> I have no idea what we're talking about. But we're gonna move on. Oh. Let's go. Um, Mary, tell me something I don't know about you. Um... Is this the top bottom question? <laughs> uh, <laughs> archaic. Something you don't know about me. I. Oh, I don't know. I don't know what you know about me. Oh, well, I don't know either. Well, I don't know either. Something that you, something that you would. Oh, I, don't, I don't know how to. <laughs> something <laughs> that you wouldn't tell the police. Maybe this is a shit question. I don't know. I'm trying to think. Surprise me with something. A talent or a skill um, or a. I don't know. Talent or a skill. I. I can do a Mexican wave with my tongue. I know that's really not good for a podcast, but I can. Yeah. Oh wow, that's amazing! Yeah. <laughs> I can hear the ululating. Yeah, that was kind of like um, uh, ASMR, ASMR yeah. wasn't it? That's something. There's a little talent. <laughs> amazing, cool, cool. And a drink all fans should buy you, shall I? What's that? A drink that all fans should buy you at a gig. Gone. Everything. Yeah. G and T. The entire bar is the bar and option. <laughs> I'm sorry, you, didn't, you didn't kill me, John. <laughs> um, I would have to say, it depends if I'm in drag. Um, it's easy to go on spirits, but if it's me, just a pint of Star of Premen. Yeah, I was going to yeah, say yeah, you're yeah. a pint person. Yeah, pint. a pint, yeah. Yeah, like a pint. I love a pint. Mm. Thank you both so much. No, thank it's been you. amazing. I've absolutely loved this conversation Same. and um, I think everyone's going to love it. It's just been so much fun to talk to you both. Oh, and um, you. and also get to know your stories more as well because, you know, we see the Queens perform and on the circuit and stuff, but again, it's it's kind of what it is, isn't it's, it? Whereas it's, actually talking about yeah. how you got there is just yeah. a really incredible story. So thank you so much. Thank you thank so you. much. Pleasure. Absolute Absolute pleasure. Love it. Oh, <laughs> oh group hug. Oh, like the Kardashian three sisters. <laughs> 
Oh my goodness, what an incredible episode. I love talking to those two so much. They are both incredible people and it was just so lovely to have that conversation. Talk about their art, talk about their artistry and how they became who they are, but also those serious subjects like allyship and what we need to be doing in the community. It was just so, so powerful. It felt like a conversation we were having in a cafe or down the pub, and I think that was just a beautiful, beautiful thing. So thank you so much to both Shallow Vera and Mary O'Carr. You can follow them both on Instagram, and please check out their show. You will not be disappointed. Thank you so much for listening, and until next time, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. You can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. My handle is at Actually. You can also check out my website, fluiactually.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.